Oh, hi there. It's Carlos here. I wanted to take a moment to thank our backers on Patreon. Landon Wilson, Midway Documentary, Casilda Gardner. Thank you guys for your support. If you're interested in supporting the show, please go to patreon.com slash coconutjustice. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash coconutjustice. Thank you all. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Sketch Zone Podcast. Hey, welcome everyone to the Sketch Zone podcast. It's Carlos. Welcome back. Uh, we wanted to bring an incredible amount of talent to this show to basically offset what you guys are used to seeing. So that's why we Yo. are excited Yo. to have. Excuse you, sir. <laughs> that's why we're excited to have. Hang on, I'm going to make sure I get his last name right. Uh, Patrick Ruby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks. I wish you could get that introduction everywhere I went. I'm available. Follow you around. I'm available and affordable. <laughs> what's your what's your fiver? What's your fiver rate to follow someone around? Right Why about you five bucks. <laughs> All right. So before we uh, we go into uh, Patrick's um, career as a professional artist, let's go ahead and welcome. Another professional artist, Charlie B. Williams III. What's up, Sketch Zone Nation? I'm here. Happy to be here, regardless of the weird weird shot Carlos gave me <laughs> and Jack at the beginning here. But Happy Valentine's just... Day. I love you. Oh, yes. Yeah, there it is. Great. <laughs> got like a black card over here. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Oh boy! Hey, before we go in way too deep, let's go ahead and welcome uh, Jack Casper, Zach. Thank you. I'll just leave it at that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, welcome everyone to the show uh, again. And if you are watching live on YouTube, please feel free to enter any questions that you might have for any one of us on the panel. Um, I wanted to start out with um, how many of you guys have seen this video of this young lady that used to work for uh, Oh, are we going Disney? right in? Yeah, yeah we're going right in we're, on We're the, going on right one. to that. Um, because I think, well, Patrick is a freelance artist, right? And I think what this young lady ended up doing is um, well, let me, she ended up going freelance, but I mean, that's what happens when you, <laughs> when you shit all over your career. But, um, <laughs> yo, yo, Carlos, you let your opinion be known about this yeah, right really off quick. I know I have mixed emotions. I'm no, you don't. I'm like an <laughs> onion mixed about your emotions. I'm like okay, an onion. I have okay, different layers. What, what happened? What happened? It's all flavor. You got one flavor right now. <laughs> Salt. Put, put on your Anderson Cooper. What what happened? All right. So uh, if you guys haven't heard, there was a young lady that uh, four or five years ago, she started her career in the animation industry. She went to school. She racked up a whole bunch of debt, which it happens to a lot of us. 
Um, and then she was in the animation industry for a good five years. Um, and then she, uh, she bumped up against some static in her career. And so she said, screw it. And she quit Disney. And now, from what I understand, she's focusing on her own stuff and she wants to grow her YouTube channel and all this good stuff, right? So, does anyone want to chime in real quick with this one? Yeah. Yeah, I think she, um, one of the things she, she ran into is that, like, she wanted to, she aspired to be a director one day or a showrunner. And right. as she aspired to be that, she kind of got hit without, after being just, you know, I think she was a layout artist. After being after getting the veil pulled back, she started seeing some of the business side of things and started seeing some of the uh, ways uh, Disney um, is run from a corporate standpoint, you know, and and what kind of power each of the different roles have. And then with that being said, she also ran into some uh, not so uh, nice coworkers at times and stuff like that and just company culture click clickiness and all that good stuff mm -hmm. so it was amalgamation of a bunch of different things that led her to finally uh want to want to leave because she felt like she didn't she wouldn't really have creative control on the career path that she was going if she wanted to be a director because they really don't have that much power showrunners have a little bit more but not not full and she made note of saying that uh it's kind of like a separation of power everybody has a little bit of piece of the pie and like the ones who really really control more things in her and her and have ultimate control is the executives at the, at the higher ups you know and she gave a couple of different stories of different things that uh certain executives wanted to wanted to change on some of the shows that she's been on in the past and it kind of showed how um how much power you know the leads and the, and the directors really have so it kind of put her in a funk with all the other like personality clashes she had with people on her team and, and general company culture. That's it. Anyone, anyone else want to opinion? I haven't seen this yet, but no, you haven't. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, yeah, we dropped the link in the thing. Obviously you can watch it afterwards, but, um, yeah, so basically she she came out on uh, Cartoon Brew, which, you know, is uh, known for being somewhat, uh, what's the word? They have all the tea. Excitable. <laughs> they are an excitable website, that's for sure. They're uh, a news website, and news websites are always going for the headlines. Yeah, sound bite, yeah. <clears throat> And I think I think the reason this got so much play is the the clickbait title, which was you know former Disney employee quits job, you know like it's this whole thing, and um, you know and and it, and it even went on with like a subtitle that was like cites toxic behavior and moronic executives, dull meetings and lies, you know it's like it was, <laughs> yeah, just, it was great, yeah, <laughs> no, it's it like I'm, yeah, I'm I know that's it great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know they totally painted it like this dramatic thing, which when you watch the video is much less dramatic but um i i still think her point stands is that the, the the biggest the biggest thing that you know she got into the industry thinking it was going to be one thing and it turned mm -hmm. out to be another and she admits she admits naivety through it she she admits a, a lot of lack of research and you know she she just wasn't expecting a lot of what it was but Right. Her basic premise was I got into this industry to do art all day and do whatever I want and draw pictures and make designs and not really have anyone tell me what to do. 
And, right. <laughs> and right. I mean, she basically verbatim says that, like, I really yeah. wanted to just be like a creator. Right. And then I got into the industry and I found out there's a ton of people that are going to tell me what to do. And I feel like my opinion doesn't really matter. And I feel like even what, even if I get to be a director or a showrunner, even then I'll still have too many people to answer to. And then sites like a whole litany of things about weird interactions she had with coworkers and the working blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, it's made quite the rounds. I gotta say, I've heard more people talking about this on the halls at work than I think I've ever heard industry news. Oh, uh, really? Really? Yeah. All the other stuff. Wow. It really hit <laughs> yeah, a nerve. People, people are really, it definitely hit a nerve, I think, uh, from many angles. From many angles, right. it did. Right. And this is, and this is my point. This is why I, <clears throat> this is why I say she, she kind of, she didn't throw away her career, I, and that's not. I'm not trying to say no. that at all, but she did. I mean, when you make it to Cartoon Brew, with, <laughs> with like a little bit of negativity, people can read into it the wrong way, and this is why I say she affected her career negatively. Right? How many of us went to school? Hey, Jimmy. Um, how many of us went to school wanting to be in whatever career we decided to go into and then uh, we get there and it's nothing like what we wanted or what we expected, right? It's always, yeah. spoiler alert, yeah, yeah. it's always going to be different. It's always <laughs> going to be different. It's Now, with that being said, even if you don't, and this is for... It doesn't matter where you are or, or it doesn't even have to do with work. You can walk into a bar and if you go in there and you talk a little bit badly about the people that go there, they're going to have a negative attitude about you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you go. Yeah, in it school, seems like a social rule. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think people are super heated about this specifically because although on the one hand many people can relate, probably even people that are working at a studio, I think a lot of them can sure. and do relate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But going online and blasting it the way that she did kind of has a really I, I I would venture to say I have heard nine out of ten negative responses to her in this video from people that work at a studio which of course makes sense because she's blasting the studio right but if you go on if you go online and you know yeah. you you read the comments on facebook cartoon brew and like her youtube page it's overwhelmingly positive so you know there's clearly a lot of people out there that support her and think that she did the right thing and that yeah screw the man and screw the corporate system and I don't know if those are students, her followers, her fans, but there is clearly like a very, a very clear division here in, in, yeah. I don't, I honestly don't even think it's so much the content. It's the way that she handled it. You so, know, yeah, right. content was what I was yeah. going to ask about because I, I haven't seen the content um, of it. And I guess that would kind of sort of change my opinion on whether it's something that you should talk about or not. Um, but more so, I think it's a, uh, you know, going back to what Carlos was saying about managing expectations yeah. of like where your career is going or what you have to go through at certain points to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And you have is to be even... careful, even if she would have stayed in the industry. Right. You have to be careful the way you climb the ladder 
Because if you mistreat people on your way up, it's going to be a long way down. Mm-hmm. So, in, and yeah, this is and this sure. is in life. I'm not even again. I'm not even talking about just her career. I'm talking about in life. For example, uh, I know most, if not all of us, have siblings or have had siblings, whatever. Um, how many times, and I know this happened to me a, a, a couple times, I'll be out joking around with my friends and I talk a little bit of trash about my brother. And then my mom, I get in the house, my mom comes in and smacks me across my face and says, why are you talking smack about your brother in public? Mm. It's something that you're not supposed to do. Yeah. And she was, she was in the animation family and she went out and she talked bad about the animation family. Good, bad, or indifferent. You know what I mean? There was, there, there is a way and for the record, what she's ultimately going to do, I'm a huge fan of. Much bigger fan of how she handled this situation, but I'm a big fan of her going independently. So with that being said, spoiler alert, I like where she's going. But up to now, it's kind of like this video when you watch it, it's almost like it comes off like um, a spoiled kid who didn't get her way and so she's, you know, taking her ball and going. Yeah. Home. And, you make, know what I mean? and make it so bad. She did get her way, though. I mean, yeah. She, well, like, so that's that was the ulti- yeah. yeah, that but, was the ultimate end to this, that she was at, I think, Disney for like roughly two years and that she saw the career grow- growing and they got to the point where they wanted to promote her, I believe, from revisionist to storyboard artist. Yep. And she came to the realization that this is not what I want to do. And she turned it down and they were very confused. And they I think they even countered. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Which that alone in itself, like, great. Like, that is amazing for you for realizing this is not what you want. Um, and, and go do your own thing. Right. Uh, it's more it's more this follow up thing of, of yeah, <laughs> the, the tell all. Yeah, I think she would have been bad if she. It would be different. I think we would be talking about it different. I think you might have heard it talk amongst your peers at work, Jack, differently if she didn't crap on everybody she worked with. Because everybody has a artist or freelancers, you know, whoever you have you, all always have a view of clients or their boss or yeah. executives, right? So that could have been a pass. Because so we, we've seen this happen before with other artists and they come out and it's a big hoopla online. But I think the mere fact that then she went in and doubled down on the fact that, like, interactions about her first day where she was wandering around <laughs> Disney the first day and no one, like, kind of greeted her. Yeah. And they put her at her desk and she was there right. for, like, half a day without anybody saying anything to her. And then, like, it went on to about to different things and how clickish it was and how people didn't really talk to her. And, it, and she endured this for, you know, five years or so. And when it was time for her to get those promotions, she just said, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. So I, th- I thought that was interesting, too, because if it was just right. like the higher ups are stupid, you know, they're like asking for stupid changes and creative changes. They're not even in creative. So I decided not to take the job, decided not to take any of the things and kind of left to go do my own thing. So I have full creative control. That's a very different narrative. Right. Without shitting on anybody that was right. there. Right. Than than where we are now, because we've seen that happen and everybody right. probably would have praised her for it. Right. But then the people that work at Disney that maybe are they feel like they're good people 
are going to get all lumped in under this thing of we're clicky here and we're toxic. Right. Which imagine, imagine being the one person that does that does go up to her and say, because she does tell the story about how she was walking around trying to find her spot and someone actually walked up and was like, hey, let me help you find your your spot or let me let me help you. You look lost. Let me help you. And then she turns around and does this. That one person, at least one person at Disney, is like, "What the hell did I do to you?" Right, yeah, <laughs> so they, they'll lump it into everybody. So I think I think that's why that's why everybody's mad about it. But like, you know, the rollout for her for her YouTube career is kind of like a crazy chess move, though, because like all this a good move. could have been pre-planned. I'm, I'm going to go devil's advocate. All this could have been pre-planned. Never <laughs> it, known if it's it going to hit with, with Cartoon Brew how it did. But it, it did. Instantly, you got all type of subscribers yeah. on YouTube. Right. Instant yeah. monetization the first week. It's like the right. other. It's like the other girl on uh, YouTube that blew up, who lives in a van, and who blew up to like three million subscribers in like two days. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's like this, it's like a similar fashion. This never really happens. It's a unicorn. Right. <laughs> well, you don't know. But, yeah. I mean, it could be one of those things that it was sort of a zero-sum game. Like, if nobody noticed it, then it did no harm. But if people yeah. noticed it, then it could right. launch a, right. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If pooping all over schedule would have had helped my YouTube channel blow up, you guys would have poop all over you. Yo, that's the second time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're real ready to throw us under the bus today. I don't know. Me and Jack, know Jack we here. should make a video tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> we were fine until this asshole showed up. <laughs> yeah, so like that's the other thing now because then she doubled down again. And um, the next thing she did was she had a podcast with her significant other. Yeah. Now they have a podcast together where. After you have the crazy viral video that goes, then you have the podcast uh, video that explains the viral video that gives more detail. Is where we get all our intricate details with. So that's like just two videos are getting amazing hits. And I I think I said to Carlos and Jack in our group chat this week was like, all right, well, here's where she's really going to learn how to be a creative and like pressure. Because now, like, you gotta keep that content up because it's the, it's even more demoralizing to watch your subscriber base go but go down in a month because you can't keep up with the <laughs> the newfound fame if if it if it yeah. is help, helping her out. I didn't look at her yeah. channel today. I meant to look at her channel. Well, she the went show. up. <laughs> she went up quite a bit because when I first went to her channel to watch this, um, I think she was getting close to two thousand, and now she has uh, three. Three point six two thousand. So, okay, yeah. <clears throat> so she's. So I mean, still not a lot. No, but you know Rich. the contra- the controversy launched her doubled doubled her subscriber base. Yeah, and, right. Oh yeah, um, easily. It, did that. It's gonna it's gonna be a question if if she has content to actually provide. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Landon Landon brings up a good point that. You know, there's always going to be someone above you, and I think I think honestly, it's it's less even the tell-all. I think tell-alls can be positive, and I think there have been some in the past that have got industry support. Um, I think I think a big the biggest thing for me, and I think a lot of our coworkers is like that. It's exactly like Landon said. There's always something above you, and the things that she was complaining about were pretty much like standard expectation yeah. and, and just like standard across like all industries like it, it, i've never heard of a 
job where you don't have a boss or somebody to respond to or like somebody right. who won't shake your hand just because they're a dick like it's just like it's petty stuff yes it's lame but like it's it's pretty much just part of being in a workplace and the and the extra weird part about it was if you watch the one hour podcast she goes in to explain pretty in detail like her backstory and how she got hired and all and she she worked at dreamworks for a while and basically said she loved it there and it was great so it's like it's weird for you to say I hate the animation industry just because your last job was terrible at Disney. Like, it, there's a lot of yeah, stuff. Why that don't just you just go back? Line up. There's a lot of stuff that just yeah. doesn't line up. That's kind of like, are you just complaining and you got sick of being told what to do? Or like, right. I think at the end of the day, she's right. It's just not a good fit for her. She shouldn't be working at a studio, and so she's off on her own. And right. But, but that's the thing, I mean, the thing, but the you thing don't... is, is even on your own, as Patrick can tell you, you still have a boss. It might be your client. It might right. be your your buyer. It might be. I mean, you still there's still people that you have to please and and oh, yeah. answer to. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the difference is is that when you're like I'm a I'm a freelance editorial uh, advertising illustrator, and the the people who I'm answering to, the job changes. So there's a finite amount of sure. time that I have to deal with one client. And so even if a job is really difficult, um, you know, I know that there's an end date. I know that that I can um, right. get through this one and then the next one may be rewarding or not. Um, and so there's this constant change, which I it suits me well. Um, would, you know, again, not knowing the content um, beforehand, I'm more interested in what she's going to do with this platform that she's created. Because yeah. for me, I think it sounds like it's a lot about the fantasy of having a career in animation mm -hmm. versus the reality. Because, And I think for a lot of people that there's this idea that being an artist is this sort of magical field that it's anointed. And there is a lot of magical things about it, but there's also reality to it. Yeah. Um, but there's two, it's a double-edged sword because when you encounter the reality, people also have expectations of artists. You know, when mm -hmm. there's this idea that if you have this seemingly idyllic career, that there's no room for you to complain. I remember like a lot of times when I'm trying right. to explain to people what I do as an illustrator, you know, if I get in an Uber and they ask what I do, I always just say like, oh, I draw pictures and people pay me money. And that sounds <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't have to go into like contracts and deadlines and, yeah. you know, getting a project brief on a Friday and having it due on a Monday, you know, right. that sort of thing. Right. So it would be interesting if this platform made a space for people responsibly to kind of talk about the reality of an art career, an animation career, and so that you can sort of shed light on it without being destructive about it. Um, that's where I feel like this could be helpful for her yeah. or helpful for the industry. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, I want to, while you were talking, this, this um, one of my favorite sayings popped in my head. I always like to point out that no one wants to be the artist until the artist shows up. Does that make <laughs> sense to you? <laughs> I I think intuitively, but explain it to me a little bit more. I, I haven't heard this before. This is this is kind of me complaining, right? That's my saying, <laughs> right? 
I've walked into meetings where no one knows the difference between orange and blue. And then they hire me to do some drawings. I show up. All of a sudden, everyone wants to be like, well, that's not mother of pearl. Or, you know, <laughs> that, that fuchsia is just, or, or this, this happened to me in real life. That blue is not blue enough. When, okay. when the artist shows up, Good all know. of a sudden, everyone has an art degree. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. In, yeah. In my experience, um, a lot of people, one of the challenges of being a freelance illustrator is that um, everybody wants to um, kind of control the concept and not everybody mm -hmm. is good at that. Mm -hmm. um, there are some great art directors. And I think that the sort of the magic space is when there's a lot of trust between the artist and the art director. And so you together make something better than you probably could have done on your own. But sometimes I encounter art directors who want just a pencil. Like they, there, there's no room for you to put yourself into it. There's no room for your ideas. They have an idea that maybe you feel like you can improve on, um, but they're just kind of stuck on maybe a really cliche idea of, of something and you could make it way more interesting. Mm -hmm. that, that's usually when I get frustrated. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, and for me, for me, I get a little frustrated with folks that um, they know that I draw cartoons and they see something like, uh, yeah, I can talk about this one. This one was a while ago. Long story short, they wanted me to draw the wife of Bob's Burgers doing a twerk because they wanted <laughs> to put it on a t-shirt. And I said, Okay, I'll draw something like that, but I'm not going to copy that. And then, so then they're like, all right, yeah, fine. We just need something close. And I would draw and then I'd show them and they said, yeah, that's good. That's good. Can you change this? And they kept changing it until, until I finally said, I'm not changing it because you want me to copy it. And we've already, I'm not going, I'm not going to pay whatever penalties because you don't want to pay royalties to them right yeah and that i feel like that is just an ethical decision right yeah. and good on you yeah and that's just it like i'm not i'm not out here trying to steal someone else's stuff i'm just not and if you want me to i'm not your guy i'm just not and uh and i guess that's kind of a similar stance to this girl she's like i'm not it's not, it's not for me. So she moved on. Um, but let me ask you, Patrick, um, good question, Landon. Um, Landon is asking, how did Patrick get his first freelance job and what were they? Okay. Um, I got my first freelance job while I was still, uh, in school. Um, I, um, and uh-oh. What happened? What's wrong? Charlie dropped out and ruined the entire I think my connection layout. might be a little... I didn't drop out. I'm here. Oh, okay. I think it's still okay. Okay. Yeah, no, we're yeah. good. That's fine. 
I, I just got really scared about graduating and not having anything lined up. And I knew I wanted to do freelance. Um, and so I just emailed every single blog at the time. This was 2010 mm. and just, just sort of unabashedly promoted myself was like, Hey, here's my work. <laughs> you find it interesting, please. You know? And so the, the first job I got actually was for the New York times magazine tiny, tiny little thing, like little one inch illustrations for three weeks in a row. Um, and then from there, a few uh, faculty members who were art directors kind of threw me some work and then it just sort of daisy chained from there. So when you said you got a, a gig at the New York, wait, New York Times, Times magazine magazine. Yeah. So it was how, a how did you actually like get that deal or that? They, they, they saw my work on a blog and oh, wow. sent me an email. So they contacted you. Yeah. But yes. I, I, again, it, like there was a lot of, like I made yeah. a list of blogs because right. I would, I would spend about, you know, a half an hour at the beginning of the day, just going through all the blogs, making a list. And then I would email 10 a day. And then when I ran out of blogs, just look for more to, to email. Mm -hmm. Student loans are a scary thing. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> good motivator. Yeah, motivator. you want to talk about a motivator? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right, yeah, right out of college, you started doing freelance. Yeah, and yeah. you've been and doing I, freelance I, your entire career. Well, yes. Um, there, just recently, the last three years, I worked for uh, a studio that did uh, made home goods, lifestyle things for kids called Kid Made Modern, mm. um, and I did that remotely there in New York. I have my studio here in LA and, but they allowed me to do freelance also on the side. So I moonlit the freelance to sort of keep the continuity and now I'm back to hundred percent freelance. Oh, nice. Nice. Did you say what school you went to? Uh, I went to art center in Pasadena. Oh, cool. Wow. And you're still in LA. Like you, you just hit the ground running. <laughs> I was born here. I had no intention of leaving. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and so, when you got the job with uh, with uh, uh, what New York Times Magazine, um, were they doing remote work back then? Yeah, yeah. It was all online, um, and then it just happened to be like a really nice coincidence of things. You know, the year that I graduated in 2010, um, Icon, the illustration conference, happened to be in Pasadena. So I volunteered to work at the bookstore there and just handed out as much stuff as I could to everyone. That's Went to move. every party that I could, every event, listened to every keynote speaker I could, tried to make conversation. Um, and then um, I, I had actually... Anyways, I, I had done a children's book right out of school, too, and just sort of like pitched that into it was the same publisher that uh, Todd Oldham had done the Charlie Harper and the Alexander Gerard book out of. And so he happened to be at the conference and the publisher said, oh, you guys should meet. And Todd looked at my portfolio and said, oh, you should come to New York and uh, we should do something together. And. I went home that night and bought a ticket to New York. And then when I saw him the next day at the conference was like, Oh, I'm going to be there next month. Is it okay <laughs> if I stop by? Right. I just hustled. I just hustled. 
No, that those are those are really important lessons because um, there's some students that I've talked to that uh, when you say hustle, they you know they don't they don't think about going to these conferences and uh, and not sponsoring. What is it? Uh, uh, volunteering at these conferences and and this is a perfect example of how beneficial it actually can be you know you have to you can have all the hustle in the world if you're hustling the incorrect in the incorrect way like you're just wasting energy yeah Yeah, yeah. oh go ahead i'm sorry no go ahead you're fine well i i think the word hustle sounds a little weird the thing is i gave a talk i think at pierce college where somebody or it's like a q a and somebody asked you know how do I network without feeling you know, dirty? Being, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I, I kind of went into it a little bit. And the short answer I had was, well, don't be an asshole. Like the, the point is Basically. I'm excited about, about illustrating. And I, I wasn't trying to make jobs. I was trying to make friends. Like these are mm. people that I admired their work. These are people I wanted to know. I wanted to be around because they interested me. Everything about it was totally um, exciting, yeah. it, and it was not it, it, it was not opportunistic. Although I did have to make money, so right. But I just you know, and that's one of the things. Oh, thank you. Uh, is that you, Jack? Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that. Um, that people misunderstand when you are um, when you're at say a conference or a networking event everyone knows what you're there for so it shouldn't feel dirty anymore yeah exactly you know um, but at the same time you know you, you have unlimited possibilities of of like you said making friends but you also have an unlimited uh, uh, possibilities to ruin it, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> if you if you're not if you're not trying to be cool, you know, trying to make friends. Those are the bonds that last longer than hey, let me use you for my next job move. Yeah, or you know what? I think I think all you have to do is be authentic, because sure. there are certain illustrators that I know that are friends of mine that I like who are very clear that like, you know, I'll do the job, you know, it's not, um, as long as you don't hide your motivations. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting, you know, with going somewhere with the expectation, going to a meeting or going, you know, somebody makes an introduction being like, oh, I think you guys can work together. Or, or things yeah. like that, and, and it being just on the surface. Uh, I think it gets weird when you try to hide the, you know, your intentions. Yeah, that makes and sense. And I think that's what a lot of a lot of students and, like, newcomers have problems with when they're at these different events because, like, <laughs> it's really easy to go and volunteer and be a student worker. You know, there's bigger places like SIGGRAPH and stuff like that have really good student working programs and stuff like that, so you can be at the show and meet all these different people or GDC has the same thing for if you're going into game development. But like, I think the biggest thing that I tell students is like, like, you know, or just even young artists, 
don't be weird. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I just, I, I, that's my, like, one of my things is some of the speech. Okay, hang on. That is so much we... easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. I've, I've, I've caught myself telling that to people a couple times, too. And I actually was talking to a person today who's moving on to a different show, and she wanted to pick my brain. And I actually said something similar. Can we can we explain that? Like what constant what is like the weird behavior that turns folks okay, off? Like cool. can, yeah. Yeah. So so I'll go and then and then Rush your teeth. Teeth. jump in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, obvious hygiene things. But like um when I when I tell people don't be weird, um because I had I had to I had to learn this um in school. When I was still in school, I was the guy going to all the different meetups, just a freshman in college and like because I wanted to be around the different the different um people to learn from them but one of the things i had to had to figure out is like conversational like networking like coming to people coming at people in a in a in a normal way and what i mean by that is like you could go to one of these big huge events like or big huge conferences and you could see one of the guys like if i saw somebody i knew like a character artist like rafael grissetti or somebody big and i wanted to go introduce myself and tell them you know he inspired me or do all do all these things. It's kind of like when you meet a celebrity, you can be, you can meet a celebrity in a, in a cool way where it's like, Hey, how's it going? My name is such and such, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, t- and make, try to make small talk, or you can stalk them in the corner and watch them talk <laughs> to 15 different people first before you, before you even say anything. And, or you, not, and, 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 and that's an exaggerated uh, way, but and even do if not wait for at, them to go to the bathroom. Please don't do that. Right, right. <laughs> if you're like at the same talk, say you're at a talk and everybody's about, you know, storyboarding or whatever, and you see that storyboard artist that you know of, maybe they're not like super famous, but you know of him because you know he works at Disney or you know he works at DreamWorks or you know he works at Insert Studio here. Um, people pick up on things like when, when they feel like they're being stared at or stuff like that. Like that's the type of things that students do all the time. Or the one other classic one is like, Making conversation and then being the person that's hovering, <laughs> you know, around yeah. the conversation without uh-huh. and like oh, and, 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 and we've laughed, we laugh at these things, but like it's I I feel like we should we should write a book because like I see it every single time, even at the local meetups and stuff that I go to now. Like you have the hover, like they don't say anything; they're just there. They laugh at a joke or something like that, and it it sounds sound like I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not because it's like happens even when i go like to combo conventions and stuff like that you have to be able to be like what is normal conversation if you met this person for the first time you already have a, something in common with them you already you're you, you know it could be it's art right that's a universal thing right but can you open the the conversation with something other than where you work or like or something like that so that you get you you get on a common ground and feel free for anybody else to chime in with this but like that's that's my biggest thing. Like nine times out of ten, when I'm meeting somebody new or I'm meeting somebody that like I really want to talk to, I figure out something else to talk about first, and casually in conversation, I'll say, "Oh yeah, where where do you work?" And then like the conversation going and get the person to talk about themselves more than me asking them questions like like an interviewer. Right. It it normally goes a hundred percent, you know, better than you like firing off a bunch of questions at, at them, you know, and them feeling like they're on the spot, you know, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. no, I, I agree with you. I think, I also think it depends on where 
where you're at. I think I think you have to cut a little bit of slack for people who are first starting out. For sure. Because, yeah, because it, it takes a while to get comfortable. You know, it's, it's a small world and you're going to run into these people. And the first time you do, it's really kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the best thing is, um, you know, and, and I've done this and I've done this for people is if somebody knows them, oh, you know, they can make an introduction and it's really good, so much right. easier. And then you just have a conversation that is completely separate than, yeah. you know, I yeah, think that's the works, smoothest yeah. and yeah. easiest way. You're right. You're right. That's you're totally right with that. Having someone introduce you has been great. Like I think um, when me and Carlos was at SIGGRAPH uh, years ago when we first started Sketch Zone, I think um, uh, who was it? Uh, our, our good friend. Um, what's his name? Was at the booth? Uh, good friend, huh? I can't remember uh, his name uh, right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, we Steve made a lot of friends uh, that Tukowski, weekend. Tukowski, uh, oh yeah, Steve Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky, like. Uh, he he is like a master at like the introduction, like because like I yeah. feel like his personality like draws people into conversations. Yeah. So we met him He's for the first time, yeah. and for me it was the first time. I don't know if Carlos and him talked over like nope, nope. Like okay, cool. So <laughs> he saw us in the middle of his like presentation at one of the booths. He had a good about fifty to seventy people. Sure. You know, you know around like because he was giving a presentation stopped his conversation stopped his presentation and like shouted us out yeah. and like he legit said head. shout out sketch zone sketch zones in the house and i was looking around like, like what those guys were there <laughs> and then afterwards like talked and we were talking and like introducing ourselves for the first time even though we kind of you know like never met him in person but then in that one inf- in, uh introduction an initial conversation with him he brought three or four other people in. Oh yeah, you guys should talk to these guys. And yeah. we're like, oh okay, oh okay, you know. And it made 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 that situation a lot easier. And that's just was us. We're gonna stand on the side, watch his presentation quietly in the back, and then try to say hi to him after he, after he's done because we thought he was really busy. But like, you know, so having that friend that can introduce you or you know is 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 really really awesome too. You know, and, and it helps out that yeah. And I and I know young people are gonna be a little awkward in the beginning, but like. Some of them don't. Some of them just need to be told, like, "Hey, just bring it down a notch. Everybody's human. You're gonna see them, right? And like, just kind of approach them as a as a as a as a fellow artist, you know, right. with the same interests, you know. And please don't try to yeah. be smarter than people. That too. That's a <laughs> That's a I like how Carlos Carlos ones are like straight to the point, but that happens too all the time where they where they try to like talk to you. Like they have the same amount of experience you have. Like, oh yeah, I've used that too. Da, 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 da. And like, they might say something wrong or misstep. You're like, yeah, students, students, students do this a lot. Don't over oversell yourself or your knowledge that you have. Just be right. normal. Be humble. Be chill. Like, relax, yeah, dude. That. Yeah. So th- those are great ways of like, you know, communicating and networking without feeling like you're too pushy or, or over. Because you don't want to be like the car salesman, like vibe you know like right. hey hey i can do i can do this drawing for you get me in <laughs> you don't want that so we've been flipping through uh patrick's work here um and and at everything is consistent yet different mm-hmm. it's it's really cool stuff 
Um, what is your approach? Do you approach every project the same way, Patrick? Uh, no, I mean, I, I would say I have a handful of approaches. So it, it depends on the project and it also depends on the art director. I think one of my favorite things about illustrating um, aside from, from design, art, color, all of that is the, the fact that illustration is by its nature collaborative. It, it's, right. um, you know, th this differentiates it um, from, I wouldn't say all fine art, but it, it's a conversation or it's a collaboration between at least a few people, um, if not between you and um, it's for an audience of some sort. Um, and so it really depends on the needs of the client that sort of dictates how I'm going to approach the project. Mm -hmm. So there's certain standard things. I mean, you can expect, you know, that you're going to do, you know, three to five sketches, you know, a number of roughs. This is all worked out in the contracts, but sure. how those are done or how I generate my ideas really depends on, you know, is, am I illustrating an article or am I, uh, advertising for a product or is it, um, some sort of nonprofit work or, um, mm -hmm. and, and then sometimes it just some, some projects, you know, I, I know right away, uh, what I'm going to do. So I start, you know, in a sketchbook, drawing pictures. Sometimes I need, you know, I do a lot of work for, uh, business magazines, which I think is really strange because yeah. my work is really bright and, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. colorful, optimistic, it seems. And it's exactly that sort of tension, I think, that makes it good for for business magazines because the material can sometimes be pretty dry. And so they you need yeah. a little Surfing bit of sugar. Us, uh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so... The medicine it, go down. Yeah. So in those <laughs> cases, um, I will start usually with writing. I'll read the article... I'll make word trees. I'll start to to oh, cool. make random associations to sort of develop a, a metaphor. So yeah, I guess the really long explanation for great. the pets. <laughs> Is the art director giving you a lot of direction in terms of like? Because I, I I had it. I've always wondered this about the business magazines or the or these illustrations for these different articles because a couple of them or like when you do a cover for business magazine that kind of kind of goes along with the article. Um, is there like a predetermined layout or a predetermined like flow to 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 the how they want the article to read and that's where you have to come up with the filler images that go on those pages. How the how does that process work? Uh, again, it depends. I, I like to have the layout. So if the layout's available, because typically they'll tell you the dimensions and, you know, we're, we're used to things being caught in a rectangle. Um, so there'll be, you know, it's so many inches by so many inches or so many centimeters, depending on who you're working for. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll say like, well, can I see the layout? Because there's all these little places to sort of squeeze things right, in. Right, right. Like, I love how they do that. The type and know where the headlines are going. Um, and again, we're, like we were talking before, a lot of it's relationships. If you do, if you have a really good time working with an art director, chances are you're going to work with them again. And as these relationships build, um, you get a little bit more freedom to do more and more and ask for more and more um, because it's about trust. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Because a lot of times I see those multi-spanned, you know, if it's a two-pager, I was always fascinated in like how it, how it just 
totally wraps around it and then the words are kind of wrapping around the artwork you know they kind of so like i always want to know that process so that's interesting cool yeah yeah and, and usually when it's something like that you're working with an art director and then also the the graphic designer Mm-hmm. So the team gets a little bit bigger, like that, oh, okay. that little collaboration. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're not you're not doing the page layout. You're just doing the illustration. Yes, that that mm-hmm. is correct. And when you have to do a cover, is that um, do you know going in that you're doing the cover also for and then work, or is that is that they keep that separate? I'm gonna change your wording. When you get to do a cover. <laughs> yeah, we get to do a cover. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. When um, <laughs> few and far between, right? <laughs> well, it depends. Like a few and far between. There's sometimes where, um, just recently for Strategy and Business Magazine, who I really, really like to work for, um, really, really uh, great art director, uh, had hired me to do the feature illustration. So the illustration that um, pretty much, uh, you know, for the for the cover story, but on the interior. Um, and when I got to maybe the rough stage, they went to the ed- editor and everything, and they're like, "Okay, this is now the cover." <laughs> like, so oh, now we need. It like that. So that okay. was, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Okay, cool. That's awesome. What do your sketches look like? Um, they are. Oh, man, I wish I had a sketchbook right next to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I usually draw really directly. Um, I have a really direct way of drawing, and I usually use like uh, a felt ink pen. Um, oh, okay. They're really they're really heavy handed, uh, yeah. and yeah, they translate the ideas. Oh, because um, you have a very illustrator style, like Adobe Illustrator. Yes. Yes. Is that I mean, your is I mean, that your weapon of choice? I mean, I I do I do paints also like i i look the from, same <laughs> yeah those, those are paintings <laughs> um the the truth is my background was actually pretty much in printmaking um when i first started school i hated using a computer i really really hated it i i had this sort of uh i don't know irrational prejudice against uh digital work and again this was <laughs> you know back in 2007 and also I was ignorant um, and so I would do everything by hand um, and then when I started taking printmaking and I started silk screening where everything was super graphic you know it was either a color or it wasn't and um, it sort of changed the way that I thought about it um, and I had the skill I knew how to use all the Adobe programs and once I let go of that prejudice, it just opened up a world of like what I could do with it. Hmm. And then, you know, th- there are s- certain clients that I do things. I, I still do gallery shows with uh, paintings and things like that. But doing things digitally is just so more conducive yeah. to the process of, of making revisions, um, working with yeah. the layout, making it easier for everybody involved, including the designers. Um, and I like the way it looks. It it um it suits the way that I think. Uh, I know some folks that'll go right into uh right into Illustrator. They don't even they don't even give their ideas time to breathe. Like just go sit somewhere in a in a sketchbook. Uh, do occasionally I do that. 
though. <laughs> is there is there sometimes where you do the where you do it, where that is your approach? Yeah, there there are some hangups to it though because because of the clean nature of vector illustration, um, sometimes art directors don't understand that what you're giving them is a sketch, huh. and they're like, "Why doesn't this look like the rest of your work?" And I'm like, "Because I spent." you know, only like three hours on it. I need, <laughs> you know, this Direction, is, so, yeah. you know, this is roughly the color and roughly the composition and this is the idea, but it's going to be way more detailed. Um, you know, trust me. Yeah. So th in, in that case, I find it, if it's a new client um, yeah. that, that I haven't worked with, I'll usually do a pencil sketch. Um, okay. And then, then they understand, they can see the progression. Sure. That makes a we lot started, of sense. Yeah, we've started had to do, even at work when we when we're giving stuff to clients in our design desk, we've been starting to do more uh, sketching. The new art director's getting, but it's been like, you know, pushing the, the designers to get more sketching in, in in the presentation decks to get out of that like notion of like this is final and they 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 hold on to the style frame too much without knowing that this is just you know. The rough idea. We want to get some more uh, um, direction, and then and then move forward. So I love that you like have to do that sometimes, where you just have to say, "Okay, cool. I'm going to have to sketch this so that he knows it's just a sketch and not get too too uh, attached to the the what it is so far." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then sometimes I just like sketching. Yeah, yeah. And is there's it, been times it... where there's been times where I handed in a sketch and they said, "Yeah, we love it." And I'm like, oh yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> like, this is your logo. This is like, this is a sketch of the logo I'm about to finish for you. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't change a thing. <laughs> we like it all sketchy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, but I've had the, I've had the opposite problem where I hand in a sketch and they're like, well, but it's not going to look like all sketchy, right? It's going to have like color right. or like oh, shape. Oh no, really? Yeah. I, I've had. It's that like, too. how do you how do you deal with a client that just doesn't get it at all? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, um, okay. Hey, and for the record, this is why that girl quit Disney. So I have really good reps. So I've got mm -hmm. really good reps that, that rep my work that, um, sort of manage the projects that I'm on. So the nice thing about having reps and it's not for everyone is that, you know, I can still be the good guy. I can still be excited yeah. about a project and go. And then I just write my agents and say like, hey, we're doing one more round of revisions than we're supposed to. And then my agent intervenes and says like, hey, Patrick's doing, you know, round four and we agreed on three. We need another this much money. Change order. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm the one who, you know, when they ask for the next round, I'm like, sure, sure, whatever you want. Um, so it's nice to have, to diffuse the power. Oh, that that so is that... nice. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So they're your they're your good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time it's it's usually they're just good cop, cop, good cop. You know, right. it's really rare that you I I mean I've maybe had, you know, in ten years I can think of like three nightmare projects. Uh but I finished them all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's how long year. how long have you had a rep? Thank you, Jack. You got <laughs> that was my question. So yeah. I, I got really lucky. I got a rep uh, as I was graduating. 
Whoa. So, oh, wow. <laughs> is that rare? It it is. Yes. And <laughs> so as as I was graduating, I had um a giant wall that I that I got of the gallery at the school and the department chair her reps came for a meeting with her and they happened to see the wall that I did. And then, you know, she she was really, really kind and basically gave me a recommendation to them. Mm. So that being said, it still took, you know, a few years to, to really, you know, feel comfortable in, in freelance. Okay. Mm. Um. With reps, because I I don't I don't know much about this this side of the industry with with, with having reps, because I know even in on the digital side and stuff like that, you can still have reps, and maybe Jack, you know about this too. So I would like to learn about this tonight. Is uh, so what is that process like? Is there? Let's see how how can I put this? Is there a, a level at which you can get a rep that you should get one? Because it seemed like you you had a special case scenario. Um, because are you paying that rep? Retainer, regardless of if, if they if they're bringing you work or not, and if that if so, is it, that could that become very expensive? Like when can it's, should artists look for that? Is there a certain point you would say? I I think it's unique to each illustrator or each artist. Um, reps standard is thirty uh, percent, which is a really really uh, high commission for the arts in general. Um, but for for me it was really great having it in the beginning um, because I didn't understand contracts and I didn't yeah. understand pricing. Even if you have the pricing guidelines, the handbook, the the margin of error is so huge. It will be like, oh, for this job, ask 5,000 to 20,000. And you're like, well, where, where does that? 20,000, done. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for money that I was not comfortable asking for right. um, and made it well worth it. They also handle billing, invoicing, collecting, uh, you know, all your 1099s get, you know, all into one 1099. Um, it, it streamlined the process so that I could just make work. And that made me really happy. So, right. And and not to mention, and I'm sorry for cutting you off, Charlie, but not to mention um, the folks that you have representing you um they're going to make sure that you get top dollar because the more you get paid the more they get paid right yeah it's definitely incentivized for them but but also mm. luckily i you know i'm with a, a tiny boutique uh it's just two women running this agency they've done it um you know 20 30 30 years now um that it, it becomes more like a, a family. Like I really do consider them friends at this point. Um, and it doesn't feel like we're all, we're all in it to, to, right, to, to win. make, to win. Yeah. Yeah. To win. yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Exactly. So now that you're like fairly established and you've had an agent for a, or a rep, I don't know what the term is, uh, for a while. <laughs> um, babysitter. How, how much, how much, maybe, sir. <laughs> how much of it is like you? Do you still actively start your own uh, gigs, and then they handle the the um, the contracts and all that? Are they exclusively bringing you stuff, or like how's how's like what's the the day to day gig lineup? 
procedure? Okay, well, everything everything is by contract. So you can have a unique contract with, with your rep. So if you get a, a contract, look over it and make sure it's something that you're comfortable with. It doesn't have to be standard. You can tailor it to you. Like for instance, I realized early on because I had a really good business teacher at school that editorial work doesn't have a huge margin. Like they, they have pretty much the price that they're gonna pay. They have standard, like this is how much we give for a cover. This is how much we mm -hmm. give for a quarter page, a, a double page spread. Budget, so yeah. there's no need for someone to go in there and negotiate something higher for me. Um, right. And those things are, because of the turnaround, are pretty standardized. So I crossed out everything that had to do with editorial. And so everything I do editorial is is mine. I seek out that wow. work. I, you know, unless it specifically comes from my agent, because, you know, that, you know, if it comes through them, but if somebody reaches out to me because they know of my work, and it's editorial, then then I can do that. If it's ad, that's another story. Mm. So there's certain there's certain genres that you that you could take on yourself, or that you only let let your rep handle. Yeah, and always be up. And that's in the contract. So okay. so if if it's a gray zone, I call my reps and say, hey, this thing came in. Where does this lie in our in our contract? Hmm. Like it's this like you said, like the, the story we were talking about before. You don't want to make enemies. You want to like right. You make friends and like my relationship with my reps is more important to me than, you know, one job. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. And it also, I mean, it, we keep referencing the, the, the original conversation of tonight, you know, it, I've seen it. <laughs> I'm, I'm even guilty of this. I get, sometimes I get away with some stuff just because people think I'm friendly. I mean, and I generally speaking, I really am. 99% of the time, I do try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I try to be helpful and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And because people know me, um, you know, they. I've been in situations where uh, they say, eh, you know, uh, I know you're struggling a little bit. Here's a little lecture on the side, right? If it, again, the common thread through everything that we're talking about is if you're cool and you're, and you're professional and you're really good at what you do, it all works out. People want to work with people who are helpful, happy, friendly, right? Yeah. And also you people could... who like their own work. I mean, I think yeah, that that's right. really important. And I think yeah, that that's that such a good point. Is when, when it comes back to when we were talking about networking and things like that, if you genuinely believe, if you love your work and you feel like it's good, not, not that it's perfect and you don't have room to grow. I mean, you mentioned that my work is constantly changing. It's because I'm curious and I, you know, I get bored doing the same thing over and over again. But if you feel like you have something to offer, then it doesn't seem like you're a jerk offering it to someone. You know, right. you have something that they want. You feel like you're competent at it and that they could benefit, you know. You have you have to be your biggest fan, right? It's really and hard because I get imposter syndrome all the time. Oh, <laughs> it, 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 that's just that's just one of the one of the things that creative folks have to deal with, right? Um, all the time, yeah. But like <laughs> like <laughs> my clients, they call me out on this now. But um, like if I see something cool, what I'll do is I'll create. 
uh, for example, I was doing these cartoon karaoke things, mm -hmm. and then uh, I showed it to one of my clients, and I was like, look, this is how I can see this working with your social media push. And they bought the idea. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So don't yeah. be afraid. Like if you have that cool relationship with some of your clients and you see something new that's coming out, leverage it. Like yeah, reach I, out I to them and say, I think this would work beautifully because what they see is someone who is invested in them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I and yeah, and in your work and in the integrity of your work, I think one of the, the thing I wish I knew when I was first starting out is how to push back politely or you know through the proper channels with the client instead yeah, of keeping quiet. You know, if you have an idea, that's that's half the job is your ideas. It's not just drawing, and so you have to be able to say, you know, in a in a very diplomatic way, you know. That's a great idea. What about this as well? Or sometimes if I've really had a good idea and they seem insistent, you just double the work, you do their idea, and then you say, here's another idea. Right. And like some, ah, sometimes our directors just have to see it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that, I mean, worst case scenario when you do that, like you're just, so, you're just, proving your stance right mm -hmm. either it's going to work or it's not right so right. when you pitch the client on like what patrick was talking about do the second version the thing that the one that you think is better and i'm using the air quotes completely wrong <laughs> and i know but <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're kind of opposite there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This one's better. This is better. <laughs> but I mean, if that's if you think it's better, then go ahead and do it, and then show them and let them make the decision, right? Right. It. Yeah. Again, it's There's only going to show that I you're invested it. in their company too, and that's what they're looking for. Yeah, they just want that. I think that there's, at least for me, you know, as an artist. Nothing disappoints me more than finishing a project and knowing it could have been better. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it always, the, I mean, there is degrees of that. But if you feel like it could have been way better if you had said something or like, because we're like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. No, yeah. completely. <laughs> so basically my life. <laughs> Come on. I just know if I would have made that other decision. No, but she's yeah. just twerking more. <laughs> more twerking. We would be in a way better spot. You know what this spot means is twerk. <laughs> no, I no, so so how long did that take you to get to get the, get the courage up then? You know, I to, you know to, I don't know. Do, it was so gradual. Know, it's gradual. You yeah. know, I think I think you sort of grow into your your skin as an artist. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, you know, and I'm just I I also uh, have taught um, at art center, so I see this in students. So I'm not just sometimes mm -hmm. students' talent is beyond their ability to um, own it. Mm. Um, and, and so those things have to catch up with each other. 
Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the most important things, no matter how much how well you draw, no matter how good your color sense is, is your point of view. And I think your point of view you develop. Uh oh. Uh oh. Come back to us. Like, like, life story to bring to it. Oh, we missed we missed that last bit, and that sounded <laughs> important. Oh, sorry. Where, yeah, where, you where did you miss it? Your your point of view. Oh, uh, the point of view. I I think comes from having a life outside of art. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who make art, their only focus, their their only interest, their only idea, you know, really miss an opportunity to gather things from the world around them that are maybe, you know, read a book every once in a while. I mean, I'm talking about the visual arts or illustration or animation or whatever particular field you're in. Sometimes you can get so uh, close to it, so overwhelmed with it that you forget, you know, to read a book or go on a vacation or I don't know talk to live yeah yeah live, 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 live. <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and the main thing is have an opinion like have an opinion have a yeah. point of view right and I think that's when artists <coughs> students uh beginning artists get confident in their point of view that's when their ability to own their talent catches up with the talent that they have. Ooh, that's good. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's what do you find? Right there. <laughs> what do you find more dangerous? Someone with a lot of talent that doesn't realize it, or someone with not as much talent that thinks that they do? Hmm. I think I think somebody with a lot of talent that doesn't realize it. It's more sad. Than me, I feel like it's more um, a wasted opportunity. Um, you know, I, I you can't give somebody confidence. You just right. you can't. So, um, I actually think sometimes it's great when someone doesn't have a lot of talent but has a point of view. Some interesting things happen there. Uh, <laughs> it can be real annoying if it doesn't. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the wild card I just, character. I just I had your a, point of view. I had, I had a joke, but I don't know if Magic I would have gone. I was going to say, some people call it modern art. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't say that. <laughs> well, you didn't. You didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> you did not say it. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Cool. What's the what's your favorite uh what's the favorite project that you've worked on? And I know that's a completely oh. weird oh. question, but could you answer it please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one that pays the one that pays up front. <laughs> um jeez. Well, right now, I wouldn't necessarily call this a project, but you know, talk, we've had all this talk about art directors and the the compromises you make and, and all of these things. Um, some friends of mine, um, uh, Ellen Suri, Larice Flora, the great illustrators, we all went to Art Center. We um, were kind of talking about making art without an art director, like Ooh. being our, our own art director or just making art without limits. 
And so we formed this collective called Clover Scout, and that's sort of the project that I'm most excited about. We we just make things. We have meetings. We have sketch parties. We um, that's cool. You know, we have a little bank account where we pool the money we make from it, and then we leverage it into new products. We're making a, a set of uh, like highball glasses now with like gold leafing and oh wow, that that's we. Um, Ellen made this pen as part of Clover Scout. We just, that's that's what I'm excited about right now. That's awesome. That's, yeah. So what, you, can, you, can you define that a little better? Like when you say without an art director, you're sort of saying arts, arts without limits. Um, is it? Well, we, we've, we've kind of become our own art director, which is funny. We, as by... <laughs> by committee sort of, or just by agreement. <laughs> we decide on on the projects that we're working on and things like that. I know design by committee is such a, I cringe when, when I, <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> but when, when you're friends, yeah, so this is, these are some things that we make at Clover Scout. So uh, the top row, we each did a print for the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. We're actually working on another set of those prints right now. Uh, just below our, you know, a, a set of um, just greeting cards that we made. Um, we just had a, this loose idea of like spring. Um, we decided on a color palette together to kind of hold the, the set together. Uh, and then we just kind of pitch projects that we, that we want to make. These are so, so cool. So you guys, you guys get around together and you pitch a project like, hey, what, what about this for a set of birthday cards? And then if you all okay, you design them and then it goes to the store, basically, is kind of the. Yeah, yeah. It started out, it was actually kind of funny. Um, there was this like tabling event here in L.A. called Unique L.A. Um, mm -hmm. That was sort of the impetus for it because we realized that we all kind of wanted to do it and sell things, but we thought like, oh, if we call ourselves something as a group, then we pay a third of the price for one table. <laughs> 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 and and then, so it started as sort of tabling and then it kind of grew. We've done, we painted a mural. Um, we've, a, a few murals. Um, we've had uh, a couple of group shows. We have, uh, Gallery Nucleus in Portland this July. We're doing, I think, 45 paintings between the three of us for sort of a solo show for the group. Um, we did a show at Cartoon Network, a gallery show at the at their space. You know, we just do what's do what's fun. Do what's fun. Yeah. These pens are hilarious. I love them. <laughs> Thanks. I like the outlaw bear. Yes, yeah, that was Larice. It's pretty great, isn't it? Yeah, that's really good. That's we had it. We had a fourth member. We're, we were called Clover Scout um, because there were four of us, so we would have been like a four-leaf clover. Alexander Vidal was um, our fourth member, but he he ended up getting so much client work during a time that you know we're all still really great friends, but. Uh, he just couldn't continue on with the project. So there's there's a lot of his work in this also. 
Is their approach to designing uh, pins much different than stickers or even ads? Yes. The, the material demands, like we, we've had a couple, or at least I've had a couple of fails of <laughs> designing pins. Oh, here we, the LA Farmer's Market commissioned us to, to make them a pin. That's cool. Uh, Oh, I know. That's cool. Yeah, yeah you just have to, it, it's just a matter of scale. This was that was our mural that we painted. The mural. Speaking of scale, you go from a pin to a to a mural wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. <laughs> How long did the mural take? Uh, about a month, because we were working on it, sort of uh, in the evening after the coffee shop closed. Um, we we had like a target date for when. They were having an event. Yeah, I, I think it was about a month. Wow. That stucco was so hard to paint on. I was going to ask you, how hard was it to get that? <laughs> you know, you, you totally you covered. And how many Most times did you wrap your knuckles? was like jabbing. We were just like... Well, how the, did the, you straight lines? We, you stayed like, far away from it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always fascinated with mural stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Jack, did was... you paint a mural? I never actually did. I had two that were commissioned, and then neither oh. one of them went went through. Oh, yeah. I couldn't remember if you actually went through. Yeah. These are so cool. And the are those matching pillows over there, dude, Patrick? Yeah. You're a bad, bad man. <laughs> Yo, you show Carlos some pillows and he... that's it I'm ready for nap time like yeah I'm going to Patrick's house to take a nap in them fluffy pillows yeah we need to update this section it's are been... you it seems as if, as if you have some motion in there are you getting into motion graphics Yeah, so I'm just getting into to motion. Um, again, a, a client, what, two months ago, reached out and said, would you design style frames? Which I've done. That was one of the things that I started doing right out of, of school, was doing style frames for motion work. Um, and then just a few months ago, a client asked, you know, if you could do this thing for our New Year's thing, just design these frames, we'll give you X and X amount of money. But if you can animate it, we'll give you twice as much. And I was like, oh, I know how to animate you guys, <laughs> Hey, you guys see Patrick like this. What kind of a setup is that? <laughs> it's moving. So, so, I mean, luckily, I have a really, really uh, talented cousin who has his own motion studio. So, oh, you know, yeah. I call him up and I'm like, Paul, how do, how do I do this? Or whatever. But I muscled my way through and now nice. I can do pretty rudimentary motion stuff. Sure. Um, but it's another thing I'm, I'm curious about it. And so, you know, I'm experimenting. And yeah. what's cool is your, your style. Number one is hot. Uh, two, it lends itself so well to the motion that we see in your portfolio. It's just, this is really neat to see it it mm -hmm. blending from just illustration to actual motion graphics. Like, 
I will say I one of the, the best things that came from me starting to learn how to to do motion work is I realized what a problem I made. I I always work on like one layer. <laughs> like yeah. Just and so <laughs> when I had to animate things myself, I was oh, like, no. oh. Crap. Your cousin yeah. is yelling at you, like, will you stop? And like, well, here we go. <laughs> so now I think I think uh, the motion studios I work for from, from here on out are gonna be so much happier with the files that they get. Yeah. Are you are you now that you're using now that you're using multiple layers, uh, do you name your layers appropriately? Um uh, probably layer twenty five. Yeah. Layer yeah, 127. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. When, when I'm doing it, when I'm... So I still, when I'm doing my um, illustration, still work on one layer. If it's... <laughs> if I'm doing just an illustration. No, I like it that way yeah. because wow. I, I'm i very good at grouping things. Let's just say that so that I can... <laughs> that's a form of it, layering. It is. It is. Huh. So th that's why I think they haven't complained as much because they can literally just click on one thing, grab it, and put it wherever sure. they want. But... Uh, you know, I. It's faster with the hotkeys for me to like move a tree back, and move it forward. If it's sure. just an object or a group, right? Um, that makes a lot. But of sense. yes, if I'm doing it for myself, I do name them. Yeah. Like I don't know if there's like a naming um, convention that for... that I don't know about, but I'll be like eyeball or like left eyeball, right eyeball. You know. That counts. That's yeah, that enough. counts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what's funny is, um, especially when I was doing 3D, um, I had a, a co-worker. Uh, we were building like uh, vehicles and stuff. And he, <laughs> and he would have like, oh, third carburetor, left side, you know, <laughs> oh, this thing, the the, all these, all the, and I'm like. You're like, what the hell is that? Engine thing one. <laughs> <laughs> engine thing one engine thing. <laughs> that's actually that's yeah because so i primarily work with like foreign studios and one of them's an indian studio and we would get the most hilariously named objects it'd be like squiggle 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 line six or something it's like <laughs> cur curly fabric <laughs> it's like come on guys it's like first grade first grade English naming convention. I love it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I've worked uh I've worked with um when I was doing multimedia in, in Hollywood, I would get Photoshop files from the artists, the 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 initial designers, and then they would give me these Photoshop files with like 200, 300 layers. And they're literally labeled layer 157. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and then, like, you can do, you know, command, uh, command click, and it'll automatically take you to that layer. But right. not if you have, like, some texture on top. That texture on top, Thank you, you to the texture. <laughs> you're gonna continue to click the texture. Yeah. And that texture's like, you know, layer four hundred and eighty. <laughs> now you're away from where you need to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm working yeah. on a 
I'm working on a packaging project right now where I have to put um, photography into the illustration, like soldiers, uh, they call it. And when you place an object, it has, you know, it may look like this big in the screen, but it actually has a box around it this big. And that oh, yeah. is yeah. really annoying. An annoying to me. I do this trick where I always like throw something all the way to the back and then group it with the thing that I want. And then it pulls it right up behind and ungroup it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a pro tip right there. <laughs> <laughs> Or how about those guys that uh, that they'll have you, you know uh, uh, when you're doing textures in Illustrator, you you have like all these little vector shapes and stuff, but you have thousands of them, and then you go to click on something and it takes about thirty seconds for Illustrator to figure out what you oh. clicked on. And so I used to be a purist when I started using Illustrator where everything was a closed shape, yeah. where I never used clipping masks. I never used anything, everything. I would use, just use Pathfinder and I would just cut everything off. So the yeah. shape was the shape was the shape was the shape. Yeah. Now, now you're yeah. just like, you're that, getting that, lazy that doesn't make hey, <laughs> Yeah, you can tell he's getting to be a, uh, an old vet. You're like, ah! Whatever, just I know get out the door. <laughs> just get it done. <laughs> because I mean, and those are the little things that people don't generally appreciate. You know, like you're gonna go through and clean all that stuff up, and all they're gonna do is grab that group and paste it over there. They're gonna, yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna hit copy and paste it into an email. <laughs> it's gonna get down and they're like. It's good, huh? Looks great. <laughs> Don't change a thing. Not a thing. Uh, that's funny. So, uh, where do you see uh, your career going, or where would you like your career to go? Um. Wow. And you might mean... be in. You might be in your happy mm -hmm. space now. No, I, I am happy um, right now, but I mean, honestly, in into home goods right now, um, you know, I taught in surface design a bit um, after working for Todd um, at the studio doing kid stuff. Um, I want to do some things more along the lines of what we're doing at Clover Scout. I love textiles. I love designing repeat patterns. You know, I don't know, make a cool vase. I mean, the, the stupid thing is in like, a magic magic world um i'd like to have a studio with a storefront where whatever i made just goes out and right. then it either gets accepted or it doesn't get accepted like that we're to me twins we're is, so twinning in a hard way right now well and i have two friends who are doing it and it's like actually working out and i mean but they're a superstar like they're yeah. I, I need to catch up to that like sort of level yeah, but i know it can be done give them a shout out who are they uh lisa condon uh and tim biscup both have uh you know spaces where they create and sell and interact with the public throw events um lisa's in portland tim's here in in la nice. they're both incredible um yeah shout out to that you. is That's what cool. i would like that i mean 
Jack and I came up to to visit Sonoma before I moved up here. Um, and we we got to the square, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like the Sonoma Square would be perfect for that thing. Like to have a studio with a store attached to it. Like wow!" And and they embrace the art community up here and alcoholism. They. <laughs> It's <laughs> a wild statement, Carl. Am I lying? I like how we just no, crashed yeah. it with that. Yeah, that's, that's that's very true. Yeah. Does it does it encourage people to buy more? Booze? All the time. <laughs> All the time. See? There you go. It's it's a good thing. If nothing else, more booze. <laughs> you know what pairs with this great bottle of wine, this three thousand dollar print this, I just this fantastic finished. pillow. Still wet. Oh yes. Jimmy said it's whole row late of for me shops. now. So it was nice right? being here. Yeah, have a good night, Jimmy. And thanks. Uh Jimmy is uh Jimmy's a good dude. He checks us out as much as he can, and he, he uh, he's always commenting on my Coconut Justice stuff, too. So I appreciate Jimmy. Go, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, also, I, I can't... Do I do not have a window open that I should? I can't see what anybody's saying, so I'm just... Oh, yeah, no. Um, okay. A lot of times cool. what, we, what we do is, you know, just... A lot of times people are just nervous to be on a podcast for some reason. I'm like, you're not talking to anyone special, really. Don't be. <laughs> Man, stop that. <laughs> so like some people would want to see the chat, but for the most part, just, you know, just chill and enjoy the ride and, and, awesome. you know, yeah. Um, oh, thanks Jack for sharing those links. Jack just shared the link to uh, Lisa and to Tim. Um, I'm trying to think we've been, we've been at it for about an hour and a half. Do we have any more questions for, uh, for Patrick? I'm good. I had one cause Jack and I were talking about you right before you got on. Um, and he said something. Uh Oh, I was at, no, 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 it was good. <laughs> it was actually really good and, and pretty flattering. Um, I went to Adobe Max a couple years ago, and the furniture designer, um, Jack, you said his name right before we came on the air. Um, Jonathan Adler? Yeah. And Jonathan Adler did a a presentation there, uh, and he was showing a bunch of the stuff that he's working on and, and all the housewares and stuff like that. Is that someone that you have worked with? And or strive to be similar to? Um, no, I've never worked with with Jonathan Adler. Um, I I enjoy his work a lot. I haven't spent a lot of time studying it, but I think I think what I can say is we have similar uh, uh, inspiration. Mm. Um, you know, a lot a lot of my inspiration comes from the Eames comes from Alexander Gerard, comes from uh, Paul Rand, comes from Mary Blair. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we are both looking into the same pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's mm-hmm. it's not surprising that the work has the, sort of a cousin quality. 
Yeah. I mean, it's weird to compare what I'm doing to Jonathan Adler. So, like, I'd be like the the fuck to freckled cousin. Hey, I will tell you, I haven't seen Jonathan Adler do any kind of motion graphics. So take that, Jonathan Adler. <laughs> no, I'm never going to live with him ever. <laughs> <laughs> but from, from everything I understand, he's super cool and nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, he seems Parker like Hotel's that. beautiful. Yeah. Um, a lot of the work that he was showing at uh, at Adobe Max, I, I was just like, ah. like, how do you do all of this stuff and only have 24 hours? Right. Dude is, yeah. dude is, he's, he's pretty amazing. Um, and it, it was all his stuff was high quality and and the experimental stuff that he does like i'm like yeah that's your brain is a completely different place yeah i'm a i'm a big fan yeah uh landon wilson asks are there any companies that you haven't worked for or that you haven't worked with that you wish you had or would like to in the future Jonathan uh, Adler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a ton. Uh, I'd really like to work for NASA, actually. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I feel like that would be. They did it. They did a series of posters um, a few years ago. Um, worked with some really great teams. Um, I've always been fascinated with space. Um, let's see. Space Force might be looking for designers. Oh, did you yeah, see that? that did you no, see that? <laughs> They don't need designers. They're just taking other people's stuff. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah oh, man. man. That logo's already funny. Uh, I think it's from Star yeah, Wars. I, Star Trek. I don't know. Maybe, you know I mean, a Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. And that's, I, I feel like that's one of those things where it, it's not that I don't. There's just so many that it's hard to pick right. out like a specific one. Right. Mm. Right. NASA's a good one. That NASA's is a good one. Yeah. That's the first time I think we've ever asked a question like that that, that anyone said NASA. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it gives us a peek into your brain. Just a little bit. But, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> just a little bit. I had I had a failed a failed attempt at um, a math degree before mm -hmm. I went to art school. So yeah, them times tables be wearing that ass yeah. out. <laughs> that's why I don't ever get invited anywhere. Sorry, but okay. Last is second. All right, uh, shall we wrap this up? Sounds good. That was great. Job. Awesome guys! Thanks for thanks for having me on. This was awesome. Oh, of course. Much, this was... much less nerve wracking than I thought it was going to be. See, you did good. Yeah, I told you. Like, <laughs> there's nothing to be worried about. Have you have you seen us? <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to go in because I wanted Charlie to say something. <laughs> mm. Mm. Nothing. Uh -huh. So, Patrick, if people want to find you online and follow your work, uh, 
where can they do that? It's pretty much Patrick Draws Things. I mean, on Instagram, at Patrick Draws Things, PatrickDrawsThings.com. Um, those are pretty much my two platforms that I use. I don't mm. really use Twitter. Um, yeah, that's how you, that's it. Excellent. Well, thank nice. you again for coming on the show. It was, it was wonderful getting to know you and your work is amazing. So oh, thanks, thanks. it's going to be fun <laughs> now that, now that I'm following you on all the social medias, uh, I'll be stalking you. <laughs> Oh, I'd be like Jonathan Adler. Have you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's a, there's a I always I always save that for the after the guests agree to come on. But they they're gonna have, they're gonna have a stalker on their hands. <laughs> That's all right. Hey Charlie, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? You can find me at cargocollective.com slash Charlie B. Williams. That's my portfolio site. Check it out. Um, you can find me on Instagram, instagram.com slash Charlie B. W. 3. And you can go on, on over to Almighty Pinterest, pinterest.com slash Charlie B. W. 3. Check it out. Um, stay tuned for my site. I have new stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, did a new animation. It's coming up really, really cool. Ooh. So, like, yeah, did it for a client. Did some freelance work. Pulled my hair out. It was uh, crazy. It's over with. And we'll show it on the show <laughs> in a couple weeks. That's cool. Excited. Uh, how about you, Jack? Uh, sketchbookjack.com uh, and on Instagram. And don't forget to check out rbcs.com. We're yes. dropping stuff for the pirate. That's ARRBCs.com or PiratesRBCs.com. We'll get you to the same place. Uh, that's also, I think, yeah, that's the same on all the other social medias, too. We're starting to Do drop. Speaking of, speaking of animation, we're dropping some animation. We've got some things cooking. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was yes. excited when you guys started coming out with stuff. That's uh, yeah. yeah. That's exciting. I'm a big fan of when uh, when people do their own thing. Don't, you know, don't just, uh, don't just show up to work, like actually be passionate and actually work on your own stuff. Keep your skills pushing. Uh, and, uh, with that being said, uh, coconutjustice.com, coconut justice everywhere else, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Behance, Twitch, kind of Twitch, kind of. Um, and this is Sketch Zone episode 195. Ooh, wow. we're almost there. Ooh, nice. So if you go to sketch.zone, you're going to be able to see all those other episodes. Uh, and if you are watching live on YouTube, like uh, Landon, we had uh, Jimmy, we had uh, Elizabeth, we had Elizabeth. a handful of others that I'm trying to, I'm probably going to skip a few of them Roz was here shout out to Roz yeah thank you um, everybody for coming we like to have you guys be a part of the show and you guys ask questions and we'll try to collect them and ask and have you guys be a part of the show uh, so yeah we try to be here every Thursday night nine o'clock California time um, but if you can't catch us live obviously you're watching us on YouTube, so go ahead and uh, like, share, subscribe this episode. Um, and also, uh, Sketch.Zone, like I said, we have all the episodes out there. 
Uh, and there you're going to see links to all the social medias there too. We're on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, we have a Discord channel, so please uh, follow the links for that. And if you cannot watch us live, you can catch us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, iTunes, and, of course, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, that's it for us, you guys. Thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedules to come and hang out with us and get to meet Patrick. Uh, go check out his stuff, man. This dude is talented, and he's bringing the artistic heat, and he's got some cool pillows. My <laughs> <laughs> <Bye, buddy. laughs> All right. See you next week. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Sketch Zone Podcast. You can find us at sketch.zone. If you have an idea for a guest, you can go to sketch.zone slash guest. You can find us on Twitter at Sketch Zone. You can go to Facebook.com slash The Sketch Zone. Find us at Instagram.com slash Sketch Zone Podcast. You can go to YouTube.com slash Sketch Zone Podcast. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. You can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and of course, iTunes. You can pretty much find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Be sure to tell your friends about us. 